Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktena, and today we'll be discussing the difference between magic and manifestation. I don't often use the word magic in my writing or even in conversation. When I do, it's as an adjective or a synonym for things such as wondrous, amazing, transcendent, or awesome. I sometimes use it a bit theatrically in describing the child mind experience of wonder which adults have to work to achieve, or in ironic quotes when talking about things like movie magic or Disney magic. I intentionally steer clear of other uses of the word, which can be a bit fraught, what with all the differing communities who use it and do not necessarily agree on its meaning or meanings. There is stage magic, such as magicians perform at parties, social gatherings, casinos, and stadium events. There is ceremonial magic performed by indigenous cultures, Wiccans, pagans, and even Christians i.e. water into wine, wafer into body of Christ, water into holy water. There are sex magic, alchemical processes, practical Kabbalah, and the power of positive thinking. All of these have the ability to bring positive results, to generate positive energy, and to manifest health and well-being to the participants as well as others and the bigger community. Being Cherokee, and having studied not only with my own elders, but also with elders from other tribes and other cultures, my knowledge of ceremonial magics and healing practices is extensive, and I continue to learn new things in this vein every day. However, when discussing the practices of creation, of bringing something new into this world and our lives such as wealth, health, job opportunities, careers, relocations, education, significant others, or even children, I refer to the process as manifestation rather than magic. This is purposeful, and in response to the ongoing issues within the spiritual community concerning the concepts of power over versus power from within, coercion versus cooperation, or, more boldly, Black versus white magic. Like any other tool, magic is neither good nor bad on its own merits. It exists just like sunlight. It can light our path or blind us, warm our skin or burn it. The onus is on us to learn how to use magic correctly and with the right intentions. People sometimes try to argue intention is everything, the road to hell. Well, not that I've found hell to exist anywhere but in ourselves, however, the quote is apt. If intention is everything, then driving lessons would be unnecessary because all accidents would be forgiven, right? Texting while driving would be fine. Drunk driving, not a problem. See where intention alone can take us? The issue also arises concerning magical thinking, setting intentions, 
rules for attraction and such. Intention is one half of the equation, but only half. The other is action. But before we go there, stay on the subject of intention and where it's leading us. Intention doesn't just consist of a positive thought about a goal. Like a sentence, intention has a subject, an object, and a verb or action. Intention can tip from cooperation to coercion, or vice versa, mainly in that pesky verb, because in the intention, we need to pay attention to who is doing what to whom and how. We can have the best of intentions, want to help someone heal or resolve a problem or wake up to a stuck spot in their lives, but if the way we wish them to do so is how we think they should, in the way we want, and in the time frame we want, then we have selected power over and are attempting to take away their free will. We have become the problem or added to it. Think of love potions or spells. They're presented as harmless. They purport to be a means of causing someone to realize their true feelings, to help us find the person we're looking for, to goose the process, as it were, speed things along in the way we want, and bring about happily ever after. While seeming to be a win-win, this is coercion and attempts to manipulate others into relationships with us. Many times these potions and spells are utilized to create our desired scenarios which, to date, have failed to win us the love or affection of our desired mate. If the process succeeds, the scenarios have a habit of falling apart or working too well, as in obsession, are inherently disrespectful of the other and point to boundary issues in us which need to be healed. Love is an alchemical process, powerful and transformative and like all emotions, notable for unique logic, timing, and resistance to control. Love is magic, with the power to manifest, to heal, and to expand our horizon, but requires our cooperation, and abhors coercion because love works best when all parties participate of their own free will. Creation in all its forms requires both intention and action, which can be one source of confusion when it comes to ceremonies and magic. Action is a very generic term, which includes having the right tools, knowing how to use them appropriately, acquiring knowledge of one's talents and abilities concerning these tools, the skills to utilize the tools, as well as expression of self and investment into the project. For example, a surgeon is useless if he doesn't know a scalpel from his elbow, and worse if he doesn't know when or how to use either. Knowing how to use something includes both the intellectual knowledge and the experience of how one does so, because if a surgeon doesn't know whether they're a lefty or a righty, and has never felt the resistance of cartilage and bone, tendon versus fat, they've failed before they've ever started. In addition, 
The act of creation requires investment of self, which is why we use the term throwing money at the problem as a negative judgment on an action, and why we're not impressed when we receive money or gift cards instead of presents. Unless we ask for money, and then we're all set. Without investment of self, what is offered isn't creation, it's empty form. If magic is used correctly, with the appropriate non-coercive intention, and with action informed by all of these aspects, then what is created has a high chance of being a wonder to behold. Manifestation in its simplest form is a conversation between an individual and the universe in all of its aspects. One side speaks, and then the other, in an ongoing communication which allows each to express itself. This being the case, the clearer the person is on what they are trying to communicate, the better chance for the receiver to understand and be able to respond appropriately. So in working to manifest things, the person must use all of themselves in order to be clear in their message. The right brain works with the soul to discover what they truly want. Then to manifest what they desire, be it an object, an event, or a life change, they must know that it is true thoroughly and completely. The soul must want it unconditionally not with fear or lack, but with love such that the person knows it will become part of their life. The heart must know that the thing will become real and feel joy each time it's thought about. The body should be able to feel the thing has already manifested. Then and only then should the left brain enter into the process and the left brain cannot be allowed to overrule this knowing, but only function to help us take steps to make manufacturing it happen. Also, as part of the manifesting process, it's good to keep in mind that the universe is not one singular being, one entity that somehow interacts with each individual and each particle of matter in some magic way with some grand plan. It's an interconnected web of life so complicated, we may never understand all its intricacies. What we can know is that our understanding of cause and effect is amazingly limited due to the nature of our brains and our need to deal with temporal and local realities, while the universe is relatively unlimited. So while manifesting can sometimes seem like a magic trick or some kind of spellcasting, in reality, it's a conversation with the universe which starts with a request and causes multitudinous events in response. Because we can't see all the connections and all the cause and effect steps along the way, what we do see seems mystical or random or synchronistic. And that's fine, because part of the manifestation is about surrender and trust, as is true with any relationship. People speak about fear as detracting from manifesting, and this can be true, but it depends on what you mean by fear. Being afraid of something in real time, like an oncoming car or 
a bear standing next to you in the woods, or the decorative railing on the balcony of a high-rise apartment, are all good fears that help your body gear up to keep you safe. They help you manifest well-being by allowing you to deal with a dangerous situation. Fear of something that has not yet occurred, such as an interview, a date, a bill, a payment, a response to a request, all of these fears are called dirty pain, as they are fears we generate in ourselves without any external source. In the short term, they can help us take action to prevent a negative outcome, but once this is done, they become unhelpful and a hindrance. They mimic real-time fear in that they cause our bodies to react, but they're actually emotional and mental actions. In manifesting, this kind of fear doesn't prevent the manifesting process to work, but it allows the conversation to manifest what is feared rather than what is hoped for. Imagine this is like being in a room full of people and trying to talk with someone over the sound of other conversations. In essence, what you want to manifest you are saying rarely and at a whisper, while what you're afraid of, you're shouting at them over and over again. Which part will they remember and respond to? Yep, what you fear. So that's what you'll get in the end. Also, as with any conversation, you can't always do the talking. You have to listen as well and give the other side equal time, which is why, once you've formulated your request, you shouldn't dwell on it. You can work on it a bit each day if there are actions you can take, but once that's done, let it go and go on with the rest of your day. Let the universe work on its end. And when events happen to support your request, listen to them, meaning recognize them for what they are, act upon them, say thank you, and keep going. It's all part of the conversation. Another matter to keep in mind is things may not unfold exactly as you expect them to. Like all creations, the end result is never exactly like what you've seen in your head, but it's a reflection of your skills and abilities of the moment interacting with the materials on hand. That's a great part of all creative processes, whether in art, construction, or business. Manifesting something will bring an end result which will be what you asked for, but unique to your situation, the resources at hand, and responsive to the moment. Receiving it will change you, and this will take you to the next thing you wish to manifest. Such is the interconnectedness of life. So be open to what the universe brings, be flexible so you can appreciate all the opportunities being offered, and listen so you don't miss what is put in front of you. The reason I refer to this type of creation by the term manifestation rather than magic is manifestation has less difficulty staying cooperative and positive, power from within rather than coercive power over. Manifestation is the act of creation, 
which includes clarity as one of its essential components. To be manifest is to appear clearly to all the senses. To make something manifest is to make it clear to all others who witness, whether in person or through other communication methods. To manifest as an act of creation requires clarity of purpose and of self. It is an act of cooperation, a conversation between the self and the chosen medium. Artists describe this when talking about art and their art process in all mediums, from steel to glass to oils to clay. Mothers know this in every atom as they participate in the manifestation of an embodied soul into this life. Manifestation is the process of being interconnected, asking instead of commanding, aiding instead of forcing, doing it together rather than by oneself through force of will. Manifestation is a conversation with ourselves and with the rest of the world which requires courage and honesty, hard work and good boundaries requires the best of intentions, the awareness of self and others, which allows us to be present in the moment, and the willingness to accept the result in all of its glorious imperfection. There is no magic wand, no formula, no one technique or mindset which can replace these things or circumvent their necessity. Nine women can't make a baby in a month, says Brooks Law. Most women at eight months pregnant in August thrum the mantra, Is it time yet? While at the same time wanting the baby to stay to term so it has the best chance of being strong and healthy. Those working to bring peace to the Middle East are struggling with the liminal nature of violence and war, the practicalities of staying alive, while working to manifest a new and healthy equilibrium in a newly emerging culture, in a newly emerging cultural and political landscape. Magic can't change any of that. Positive thinking alone won't stop war. No one ceremony is going to put a dent in the violence. It will take acts of manifestation on all sides to create even a temporary humanitarian peace. Magic can't change things, but each act of manifestation can help us co-create the world we want to live in, starting with us. Have you started manifesting the person you want to be? And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be delving into how to attract a life partner. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thanks. Bye.